In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that perp walks wrestling personalities into court every week. I am Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined today, and as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? You absolutely ruined my ability to say something smart alecky because I was so prepared to be like, hey, this is Adam from what? Oh, never mind. Wrong, wrong podcast. Um, and that open was the worst you've done so far. <laughs> oh, you didn't like my perp walking? Uh, good for you, buddy. I mean, you put some <laughs> thought into that, but I cannot, I can't gimmick another podcast because of it. So, which is probably for the better because I don't want to get sued by a British company. Well, this will likely be a NXT-heavy episode, so I'm just going to put it out there right away. We had TakeOver Portland yesterday, and we are both still emotionally hungover from it. Yeah. So, so, so uh, I, or, 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 you got a po- I'm just asking generics. You got a positive crime or a negative crime? Because I'm going to spin it the other way. Uh, mine's pretty positive. Okay. So... Cool. I, I'll just use the negative one. We're good. We're awesome. Good. Well, so we'll just start with my crime, and I think uh, we can both agree. Crime number one is against NXT for murdering our Sunday night. I was looking forward to watching a takeover, you know, talking with my wife and and all of this stuff, and then NXT oh. takeover came along, and my night was I there was no doing anything else. It's sit. Yeah, eyes glued, man. Because it was, yeah, it was, it was riveting. It was probably, I mean, we say this about almost every takeover, so we feel like broken records for it, but probably the best WWE pay-per-view so far this year, um, and maybe in the last six months, you know? Uh, top to bottom, it was phenomenal. So. Yeah, I, I think part of that stems, though, and, and again, we've had this conversation before, it wasn't 19 hours. No. And, wow. yeah, we've had the conversation. Part of what we think the NXT TakeOvers do so well is is uh, brevity. They, they're very concise. They tell the stories they want to tell, and they don't stuff it with a whole bunch of filler. Um, and that's what, like, I, I wrote a blog post about my predictions for the, the TakeOver, and I said I was going to even pr- try to predict the match order. And I was pretty close. Um, just a couple couple swaps. But it was like, you know, if, if you look at a, a match card for, say, the Elimination Chamber, which they've officially uh, named as the next pay-per-view. Uh, uh, so we now at least officially know that. But you look at the average match card for uh, uh, Elimination Chamber, and you can kind of say, okay, they're going to start off with a high-paced banger of a match, and then they're going to have a couple kind of down matches, and then they're going to 
come back up and they're going to do another couple, you know, high paced and, and all this stuff. And then they're going to have a really big match and then they're going to have a filler match and then they're going to have their main event match. You know what I mean? But like this year, they had uh, six total matches and there wasn't a single one of them that looking at the card in advance, I was like, oh, that's going to be the, the come down match. That's going to be the match that you watch and, and you come down. And, you know, I even said it that uh, looking at the Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic match, um, you know, I didn't know where to put that on the card. Because wherever you put it, the match that follows it is, was going to feel like a come down, and and none of the other matches felt like they belonged in the come down position. And yet, the one after it did not. No, and it didn't. Um, in and fact, none of them. I'm not saying that Keith Lee and Dominic Dijak was boring. It it was a one of the things that was kind of consistent throughout the paper was there was slower pace at the beginning of the matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of how they overcame that a little bit is what it seemed like. They they went for, you know, even, even Balor and um, Gargano was a slow beginning. And I was just like, this doesn't feel nearly as enthralling as it should right now. Um, but eventually it got there. So... I think that 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 formula works a lot better than having a disappointment match. I don't want a match that I go, mm, this is where I go get a hot dog. Yeah, um, that's what it is. You, you want the times when you go to get a hot dog to be in between matches where you run to get a hot dog and then come back and be like, did I miss anything? It's it's really it's really the only times that I think we uh, it, at a live show, this is done during your um, KO show, your mm-hmm. Uh, moment of bliss or th- things like that um, or during the commercial breaks mm-hmm. so you run out quickly and do that um, obviously at a pay-per-view you don't have commercial breaks you do have some vignettes though or in-ring interviews I can hear an in-ring interview out in getting my nachos you know um, or at home I can hear that in-ring interview in my kitchen but I want to watch when there's a match or you know in your bathroom just saying I mean, I, I would just want to, do you not use the WWE network on anything mobile? Um, I have it on Think Mobile, but I also have it playing on my fifty five inch smart screen and it's just Ugh. easier to leave it leave it playing there. But you could you could play it on both the mobile item and the fifty five inch smart screen. You could, although I have run into um issues a number of errors recently. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, it's I don't just have to streaming on the network. I, I sincerely do not. I may have to just buy a television, though, so I can have a smart screen. Yeah, you, know. you should. Plus, it is that... glorious to watch at 55 inches. I'm did just you, saying. Did you just say glorious? Yes, I did. I could have also Speaking said phenomenal. Speaking of NXT champions. Yeah, but, but no, so, so, I mean, the, the whole show, top, card from top to bottom was great and you know i got the main event right um uh i i had i had the broser weights uh versus undisputed era before the ripley bianca belair match but it actually came afterwards i actually had the finn balor match starting off the card because i thought balor versus gargano would be that like i said that hot start banger of a match to start everything off and it actually was the third card, the third one on the card. You but, were duped by the promo in I the was. show. I was <laughs> that like, was yeah, it looks like it's going to be on the kickoff show. 
and then there was no, no matches, matches on, on the kickoff show, <laughs> which is fine because none of these matches deserve to be on a kickoff show. So no, they should have. They maybe uh, maybe gone with Dream versus. Um, that would have been a good spot to do the Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong, but that's a longer feud build from what it sounds like. Yeah, and th- yeah, that's building longer and everything. That would have been a good place for them to put a cruiserweight championship match. Yeah, Evelyn versus I don't know Fandango or someone. I don't know. I don't think Fandango's light enough cruiserweight. Uh, in reality, maybe, but in kayfabe, he could be whatever weight they bill him. <laughs> Point taken. Point Coming taken. to the ring, weighing in at 203 pounds, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Bobby Lashley. Not to mention it would end the Rusev versus Bobby Lashley storyline. Yep. Yep. That would yep. not be a bad thing at all. Yep. I got to use my fast forward button on. Uh, that particular segment tonight on Raw, so that was good. <laughs> you have that one of them DVR features? I do, and I play this whole game every Monday Night Raw. You know, I use it to skip commercials, but there's always a point where I'm like, I can't skip any more commercials because I've got to save at least three to five minutes so that I can skip the Lana Rusev Bobby Lashley segment. And sure enough, there it was tonight. Anyway, so yeah, banger of a show. Um, As a whole, I I think it's hard to argue that Wednesday night doesn't still put on the best wrestling. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that go into that, and I'm not seeing better better performers. I if I'm building a roster from all three product lines or all four shows. I cannot honestly say that it's still not over 50% uh, Raw or SmackDown. I I think it's writers that are part of the issue here. Um, And I think it has something to do with with just being a little bit outside the box, not doing things the way they once were done. Mm -hmm. That that, that I think plays into it. And it's really easy to say that it's it's Vince McMahon. And that always sounds like a cop-out. But Vince McMahon has a way of doing things when it comes to professional wrestling. And he developed that way over the last 40 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, And so on Raw and SmackDown, when he has a say in things, they follow a formula. They follow the WWE way. NXT doesn't seem to do that. It's not that they flaunt and 100% don't do the WWE way, but they more just say, we're going to do it however makes sense to us. And sometimes that's not the WWE way. Uh, and that partially is what makes it so exciting. Oh, absolutely. It's the same with AEW. AEW we're going to do this in, in our own way. We're not going to try to come off as a WWE clone. Uh, we're going to come off as our own unique product um, that has ties to the past, has ties to things like WCW and ECW and all that, and gives honor to them, but at the same point still has kind of a uh, fresh and unique take on things. Um, and I think they do it well. So, um, But just to run down the TakeOver uh, Portland results, uh, Keith Lee defeated Dominic Dijakovic. Um, and I have a hard time calling him Dijakovic because he's Dominic Dijak, uh, to me. So, um, but anyways, um, afterwards there was a, a nice 
moment where Keith Lee helped uh, Dijak up and and hugged him and then uh, helped him get up on the ring posts to pose and celebrate together, right? I was really hoping for an electric chair there, just so you know. Well, yeah, there there, there was there was a good amount of tension in that like waiting to see is is someone gonna turn on someone and in a way i think that was designed to build that tension because they had payoff for a turn tension later on in the show mm-hmm. um and so so it was kind of like like um uh, uh chekhov's gun show tension in act one use tension in act three um so uh, the next match was the street fight, Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Um, one of the few matches that none of us predicted uh, the the ending uh, on. Yeah. We all predicted Tegan Knox to win. Um, yeah. You know, we we just we just figured this was the blow off to that feud, and obviously NXT has decided that that feud needs to go on a little bit longer and introduced. Um, and I'm trying to remember her name. I, I seriously thought she was, or was Victoria at first. I was like, she looks really, really young. Like, see, and I, I thought you, thought you thought Sarah Logan. Uh, no, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville. Yeah, I seriously thought it was Sonya Deville at first, and and then like it was just when she popped up there and she stood there, she posed kind of like Sonya Deville does, and she's got the long black hair, and I was like, oh, Sonya. Oh wait, no, that's not Sonya. Deville. Um, and I, I, you know, Raquel Gonzalez, that I think is right. her name. Um, and I, I, she apparently had, had featured in the Mae Young Classic. She, uh, obviously did not, did not make a mark on me. So I had no idea who she was, but she interfered. Cost Tegan her, bigger, stronger. All right. I'm okay with this. Yep. But, uh, cost, uh, Tegan knocks the match by throwing her through a table almost not through the table um but physics do you do you uh so back to a point we were talking about earlier do you think that maybe her showing up could have been the catalyst for the reset moment as we said you know where we're resetting from the highs of a match and everything like that yeah maybe a lot of the fans were going including ourselves were going who yeah huh um, but that does not take away from the fact that that street fight was brutal and and well done. Um, and Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox deserve a ton of credit for being able to throw together that match. Um, uh, and and they're both phenomenal. We both love both of them. So um, so that's good. Uh, you can love Dakota. I'll take Tegan. You weren't might, talking that way. So might have to fight me for Tegan. <laughs> She's well. You're married. You're married. Ah, darn it! You had to pull that card out. <laughs> Pretty sure you'd have pulled that card out. Just yeah, I would have eventually. Yeah. Saying. But I would have had her talk to me for a bit first. <laughs> can we just can we just chat? I just want to chat. My wife is gonna hate this segment. Um. <laughs> afterwards, you uh, could introduce your wife to her. Yeah, they'd get along great. I think. Yeah. Um, after this match, we had the Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Like you'd say, started off a little slow at first, but then kicked it into high gear uh, and yeah. really went at it. Um, Finn Balor, he—we've said before—he's—he's he's my favorite of the currently active 
WWE wrestlers. He might be my favorite uh, wrestler, active wrestler overall, uh, active today right now. Um, I was gonna say, who you're trying to imply that that somebody has sting beat? No, active, active today. Um, But I'm so impressed with uh, since he went down to NXT, he wrestles different and. Uh, like I said earlier, he wrestles in the way that I always wanted the demon to vicious and uh, without care, you know, um, just just out to try to hurt. Um, and that's that's the way he wrestled in this match versus Johnny Gargano. And and he won in the end. Um, there were multiple false finishes multiple teased finishes like uh, Finn Balor going up for the coup de grace and uh, Johnny Gargano moving at the last minute uh, Johnny Gargano hitting uh, his tilt-a-whirl DDT thing slingshot DDT thing that he does and anyways uh, but in the end Finn Balor was able to pick out the win uh, the real rock and roll seems to be back and I'm happy yeah yeah great match um and and w- what a wonderful cream in this in the triple stuff san uh oreo of of nxt portland yeah right there the middle of it exactly um following up we had rhea ripley versus bianca belair bianca had uh really neat ring gear apparently she makes her own ring gear and she's uh pretty darn good at it so um uh, but it was all honoring that uh, February is Black History Month, and so there's that. Um, she came out. It was a good match back and forth. Uh, I don't think any of us were surprised that Rhea Ripley won, um, especially with all of the uh, teasing and planning and and all that that they've had for uh, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte at WrestleMania coming up, um, which hasn't been officially accepted by charlotte yet um but after the match uh while rhea ripley was celebrating in the ring uh charlotte showed up and beat the crap out of rhea ripley and then said see you at wrestlemania so um i was just gonna say charlotte accepted (laughs) i think everybody else knew what that meant yep but uh but this kind of brings us to last week's episode. One of your crimes was uh, that you think they started the Charlotte feud too early. Uh, and this is where I'll, I will agree with you in this moment for that. Because I just I could not help but think how much bigger and wilder the pop would have been if they hadn't been talking about it on Raw and NXT for the last two and a half weeks. You know? Um if uh, on Raw, Charlotte would come out and deliver a speech about how she's still not sure who she wants to challenge at WrestleMania. You know, I beat Becky and I beat Bailey and I just don't know who I want to go against or whatever. And then out of nowhere showed up at NXT TakeOver. It would have been a big deal. Yeah, absolutely would have been a big deal. Uh, but in, instead... Like, it wasn't really a surprise. It still got a pop from the crowd. I'm not trying to say it didn't, but it wasn't the same sort of pop that it would have gotten if she would have just appeared out of nowhere. I think, I think, uh, I think part of that, because I've done some real thought about this over the last week, I, I think that part of what makes why WWE wanted 
the Rhea Ripley challenge made is because they didn't want to devalue the Raw women's title and the SmackDown women's title. Um, by the way, if you don't want to devalue the Raw and SmackDown women's title, please take the one, uh, the SmackDown title off of Becky. Or not Becky, uh, Bailey. Because um, you are devaluing it every week. Not because she's a bad wrestler, because this is a bad character and gimmick for her right now. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, understandable. Um, and I, that's why I just thought I just thought it would have been a bigger moment for Charlotte to have appeared out of nowhere, you know, without yeah. all of this hinting and planning and all that over the last couple of weeks. I just don't. Know but it still was. I, I I don't know that they feel like they could have. And and truth be told, I don't know that it would have been the right move to have done that because it would have felt like Charlotte saying, "Well, those two titles aren't worth anything anymore." Why? Because you were the last one to lose both? Interesting little stat there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least she'd successfully defended uh, them both, you know, unlike uh, another certain superstar who has never successfully defended a singles championship. On singles. A- singles championship. Yeah. Maybe that's a good reason to go after your bestie. Anyway, <laughs> the um, other thing that... that um, I thought was interesting about this is does this quota if she if Charlotte captures the NXT title does that quota um, increase her 10 because prior his or her NXT women's championships did not count towards her total number of titles that's a good question you know prior they could always argue prior that NXT wasn't one of the main roster brands wasn't a televised all this. brand, yeah. But it's a televised main roster brand now, so who knows? So, anyway, sorry, just a couple quick questions about that that setup, and we can move on. Yep. Uh, next match was the Broserweights versus the UE, um, and um, I think uh, myself and Justin both chose the Broserweights, and you chose Unsputed Era, and the Broserweights won to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, uh, so as of that moment, Adam Cole Bay Bay is the only, uh, Undisputed Era member left with, uh, the gold. Um, because, you know, of course, uh, Roddy lost it a couple weeks ago to, uh, Keith Lee. So, um, but, you know, I, I know this was the match that you probably paid the least attention to overall. I tried it, it really to me this match was really close to a young bucks match and i know that that's insulting to tons of our fans out there we're like young bucks is the greatest thing ever yes and i like them and they're good wrestlers but Cornette's right they are spot monkeys and they know they're spot monkeys and they accepted their spot monkeys. This was a spot monkey match, pure and simple, in my opinion. You thought otherwise. Well, I enjoyed it. I, the thing is, I will watch Kyle O'Reilly get rocked by by blows all day and night. I love the way he sells. Um, he does some of the best selling I've ever seen, and um, and and his wrestling side is good too. Don't want to take that away from him. Um, but so I enjoyed it, and I don't I don't dislike uh, uh, Matt Riddle as much as you do. So <laughs> you don't dislike Matt Riddle at all. Bro. I feel like you're afraid that he'll come to Omaha and beat you up. Nah. He, so? he'd, he'd come to Omaha and then be like, well, you guys don't have medical marijuana here. 
I'm out of here. Which means he's probably been closer to me than he is to you, because, you know, farther west. Uh, Anyway. Then in our main event. Okay, hold up. We got to go. We're going to roll back to that Uh, match. Adam Cole versus Tom. No, we got to roll back. We got to roll back. We got to roll back. Yeah. Because we didn't give that match it nearly just because I didn't like it doesn't mean that we didn't that we gave it enough credit for what it was. Um, it was a good match. Um, trying to think of ways to say this that are nice. It was a good match, but bro, it wasn't great. <laughs> uh, there were spots in that that were not spot monkey, but. Do you feel like they undersold every German suplex ever? Well, yeah, that is one of the things that um, it tends to happen, especially in Matt Riddle matches. Um, uh, he plays heavily into the, you hit me with a devastating move, but I roll through and stand up. Um, and then I hit you with a dev- devastating move, and you roll through and stand up. And and it leans kind of heavy on that, and that, that is definitely a criticism of of his that i stand by um there are some times that he does not make a move look like it had the impact that it should have had uh yeah i mean it, it feels like no selling mm-hmm. and and to to his credit his opponents also did the same when he did a uh german but german i mean suplex city is built around german suplexes and there wasn't a German suplex that looked like it was devastating in that entire match. Yeah. So um, I, I had definitely a fair criticism. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still enjoyed the match. Um, I'm not a huge, to, to be perfectly honest, I don't have a problem with Matt Riddle. I am not a Peter Dune fan. Uh, nice Nigel McGuinness. Uh, uh, well, that's actually the, so, someone put together an entire clip like it was five minutes long of Kylo Riley pronouncing it Peter Dude. Oh, really? uh, it's it's on YouTube, uh, and I watched it the other day and laughed for the entire five minutes because Mr. Peter Dune thinks he can just come in and take my title, Peter Dune. Uh, but I and like every time I watch a Pete Dunne match, I feel basically the same way I felt when watching a uh, Daniel Bryan match during the Yes Movement. And, like, oh, everyone, else like this guy. To, everyone else seems to like this guy. Um, he obviously is talented and puts on, like, technically good matches. I just can't seem to get behind him. And I feel like I must be taking crazy pills because I just can't seem to get into it. Um, the, my big pet peeve is the is the joint manipulation. Drives me crazy. Nobody's gonna leave their hand like that for you. You like you cannot hold somebody's hand in that position that way. It's just not gonna work. Nobody's gonna be like, oh, I can't move my hand long enough for you to stomp on it. Yeah, those parts are. I don't know. It's just like I say, he puts on good matches. I'm not trying to take it. They're just not for me. Um, yeah. But but I think that that brings us to the point that, you know, I feel like I always have to get to um, because my disliking Pete Dunne's matches or at least not being able to get behind them. I don't even want to say I dislike him. I just can't seem to get behind him. 
is is kind of the same way that some people argue against a Joey Ryan match or an Orange Cassidy um, saying that, that they think it's stupid and all that stuff. But I've always felt that part of the joy, part of the the brilliance of professional wrestling is just because I like something doesn't mean you have to. There's there's something in this for everyone. And and, and this obviously a lot of people like people. Um, just because I don't seem to uh, get it in my head, it doesn't click with me, doesn't mean he's a bad wrestler and doesn't what he does is bad. Um, just like you know, if you don't like uh, Joey Ryan's penis plex, I get it, right? It's not for everyone. Um, yeah, I, I think though the the issue that that I have that most people, if they have it with Pete Dunne, like yourself, is it's not over the top enough to be so ridiculous that you're just like, okay, well that's ridiculous, but it's funny, um, and that is what happens with Orange Cassidy or um, uh, Joey Ryan, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But in the end, like I say, that's that's the joy of this this whole wrestling business is if I don't if I don't get behind it, if it's not my thing, that's fine. I just don't have to pay attention to it and I move on. And I do feel the, like Pete Dunn's gonna be regulated to mid card though because of it. I think there's a little bit of that I think his size is gonna keep him down for a long time too. He's gonna fight like Daniel, that's why Daniel Bryan's such a good analogy here. He's gonna have to fight really hard to get moved up to main event in a WWE because his size is gonna keep him down. And I don't know that he has the charisma to to move that much though. Uh, maybe. Um, and, but like we talked earlier about Finn Balor, and I seriously think he's uh phenomenally talented in the ring. Um, but every time he would go after the Universal title on Raw, after having never lost it True. himself, you would hear the internet go, well, he's too small. It's not believable that he'd be able to beat Brock Lesnar, you know, Roman Reigns Why? or whoever. Why? Why is that not believable? I mean, it's a different... It's a different style. I mean, here's the deal. We we actually talked about this in when we were talking about the tables match or the 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 no DQ match. Uh, force equals mass times velocity. There's a lot of velocity to everything Finn Balor does. Like, I think he's a better person to knock off Goldberg for a retirement match than the Fiend uh, on Thursday, if it's Thursday, whatever day it is. Um, and, I, and that's not a retirement match or you would be like, yep, I'll actually watch this one. No, I still wouldn't. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like any day now is a Goldberg retirement match. But If so, he wrestles like he did the last time, it's going to be a forced retirement. <laughs> Fortunately, I think um, The Fiend is going to squash him. So if they have The Fiend lose to Goldberg, that's the worst decision ever. Yeah. But, but so so like I I like I like the Broserweights, I like Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn, uh, you know, he kind of works with Matt Riddle though, because he becomes this like ultra straight man to Matt Riddle's over the top goofy. I will say, so this is the first time, uh, the last two weeks has been the first time that I've really liked Matt Riddle. And I, and I didn't want to admit it, but I'm going to admit how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby could fry, Bobby Fish could fry fish has been 
so much fun for me because <laughs> I've wanted somebody to go after the fish thing since Bobby Fish came to NXT. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but they're the new champions. Uh, they are red hot in the eyes of the crowd, so that's great, you know. But in um, the eyes of, of us, there's one you don't like, you don't love, and one I don't love on that team and i still would have rather seen undisputed era have those belts i i agree my whole thoughts the reason i had the bros right to winning was a they're red hot and b uh undisputed era have had the belts in one form or another for the last three years i think um almost three three time nxt tag team champions most ever in history Yep, and and so they first had it with Bobby Fish and O'Reilly, and then Bobby Fish went out injured, and then uh, Roddy stepped in, and they won it under him, and then uh, Bobby Fish came back, and then Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly lost it, and then Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly won it back again. And so I just feel like it's it's time for someone else to have a run with it for a while. Um, it also can lead to some intergroup tension in the UE, which can always be fun to ex- explore. So, um, yeah, which which is a great seg- segue to the main event one, which was Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. Who? Um, which who fought oh, Ciampa? Oh, Ad- Adam Cole, baby. Thank you. All right. I just wasn't Bebe sure if you were talking himself. about somebody else. Yeah, well, I could have been talking about Kenneth Cole. You could have been talking about Adam Jacob Cole. I don't know who that is, but certainly isn't a baby. Certainly not. Um, in the end, uh, Adam Cole retained the belt with the help of Johnny Gargano turning on Tommaso Ciampa. Now, this match was also filled with a bunch of false finishes, a bunch of teased finishes, um, it had undisputed era interference that you thought was gonna uh, cost Champa the belt and didn't. Um, and then you had uh, Johnny Gargano come out and uh, looked like he was there to support Tommaso Champa um, after a ref ref bump, but in the end he cracked Champa on the head with the belt, allowing uh, Adam Cole to hit the uh, last shot and. Uh, win the belt or win the match and retain. So, could this be a straight edge move for not straight edge in terms of, of CM Punk, but a straight, you know, I'm, I'm a straight laced, good pop or uh, button down collar guy with Gargano? Because if you notice, he didn't really look like there was a turn until Ch- Champa was going for the belt. Yeah, there, there was a little of that definitely, I felt, that it was a, I'm not going to let you cheat, and then, oh, you're going to try to cheat? Well, then I am going to turn the table on you. And uh, cheat. And, and, you know, if, if you're going to cheat to win, I'm going to make sure you lose, sort of a thing. Yeah, there was just, um, there's a lot to be told there, I think. Um, yeah, which leads to one of my misdemeanors, but we'll move on. Yeah. Well, and that was the deal. Is like, uh, we I had a text discussion in our group chat um, with Justin about it, and and I I really I don't one hundred percent think it was a heel turn by Johnny Gargano. Um, we'll know more Wednesday. Yeah, we'll know more when it comes um, how they play it off because they could play it off as Finn Balor broke Johnny Gargano. That Johnny which was Gargano, your original theory. 
well, it was one of the things that I, I threw out there. But in reality, like, I'm looking at it, and I just, I didn't see it so much as a heel turn, so much as a, I haven't forgotten what you did to me before. Um, because remember, before Champa left to go have his neck surgery, he was NXT champion, and he was in the midst of a feud with Johnny Gargano. Yep. And they never got the blow off to that feud that they had spent the better part of two years building. Well, yeah, because of an injury the prior time. Because of a prior injury, right? And yeah. so I think this was really just basically a a Johnny Gargano saying, you may have everyone else fooled that you're the nice guy coming after his belt, um, but I know you're still that evil manipulative bastard that turned um, on me turned on me what i got what i got gold yeah uh and so that's why i we'll see how they play it on wins um they'll either play it as i couldn't let you win the belt because i know you're a bad guy or they'll play it as ha 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 now i'm evil. and either way which they've done both times mm -hmm. in this feud like they've had gargano be the bad guy he was the bad guy in the alistair black feud though yeah he wasn't the bad guy. I don't think he's been the bad guy in the Champa feud at all, which is I the better part of this. three or four years, isn't it? DIY broke yeah. up three years ago, I think, is when Champa threw him into the into the set. Yeah, yeah I want to say. Anyways, um, but so all in all, top to bottom, a lot of people are giving it a ten out of ten. I don't think it was perfect. Um, you know, you and I both had had issues with. Uh, the Broserweight match. Um, we thought some of the matches started off a little slower than they needed to. Uh, and then the the way that the uh, Rhea Ripley match ended, we felt could have been different. Could have been not the ending of the match, but the the uh, Charlotte uh, appearance afterwards could have been better. I do think yeah. it was a solid nine out of ten, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm an eight point eight, eight point seven. I'm. I, there was there was enough there that made me go, this could have been better. I I personally don't put it as the. There was such incredible high points at Rome. I would put this one tenth of a star uh, out of ten back of Royal Rumble, um, which would have tied it with the other the other NXT that we've had. Um, I just I I don't know something's missing in NXT on the pay-per-views um, it, and it's not the top to bottom I mean the, the bad matches in, in uh, main roster or, or Raw and Smackdown are really bad like really bad um, and Raw and Smackdown do an exceptional job of, of just ruining everything they build example uh, Baron Corbin and Roman having to have yet another match the night after we thought their feud should be over, it was over. And suddenly there was another match there. Um, but the, the good is so incredibly good. Um, and I liken that to, you know, the only one we've seen main roster um, has been Royal Rumble. And a Royal Rumble itself is is um, exceptional enough to, to carry a pay-per-view by itself. So if, if we hadn't had a I can promise you NXT will have two pay-per-views higher than the second uh, pay-per-view of of uh, Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Guarantee. 
and there won't even be a dispute there. You would say both of the NXTs were slightly above Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all three of those have been really good. Um, later this week, we will have a very bad pay-per-view. Yes. Very bad pay-per-view. Um, I will not pay any attention. No, I know. But because we might have questions, I may have to be able to answer them. So I guess I will. <sighs> anyway, but... but um, and but, uh, I, I doubt that Elimination Chamber will be better than the two NXTs. I think there's just something to be said for the big four that always puts those above everything The big else. four definitely have a little bit of extra hype and a little bit of extra excitement behind them. And Bar- I, I'm not taking anything I don't know. away, but... I don't, know. I don't know if I can say... Uh, not Survivor Series, because Survivor Series is really all three brands. Um, I don't know if I can really say that SummerSlam is... SummerSlam is the weakest of the big three, and I know for you it's probably second behind WrestleMania. I don't know. The, the summer pay-per-views always, um, always had a sweet spot for me. I was a huge uh, 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 Bash at the Beach. Well, Bash at the Beach and Great American Bash. That's the one that I was. I loved Great American Bash in, in WCW. It was it was probably my favorite. Were you Great a Hog Wild fan? Uh, I was. I'm I sorry, didn't Road Wild. Hog- Hog Wild slash Road Wild. I didn't hate them. Um, they were problematic in a couple ways. Um, number one, the fact that WCW made no money off of the actual event itself because they put it on as a free show up in Sturgis, um, which meant that no matter how successful it was on pay-per-view, it still lost the money sort of a thing. Um uh, but I loved uh, Great American Bash, always did. And then, of course, probably uh, the biggest uh, uh, flagship pay-per-view CW had was Halloween Havoc. And that was always fun with that huge Halloween-themed set every year. But anyway. It's a summer one, though. But it's and their biggest was one, supposed yeah. to be Starcade, and then Bischoff wanted to move it to Halloween Havoc. Anyway, well, moving forward. The thing with the thing with Halloween Havoc is it was a WCW creation, whereas Starcade has had its roots going back to pre-WCW, and and so I think that's where Bischoff kind of felt that he needed to establish. Fair uh, enough. Having, but enough. um, but but enough about uh, me charging NXT with murdering my Sunday night. Um, and we will move on to your crime. So i i was gonna I was gonna move my misdemeanor into one of the felonies. I don't. I it's it's a very misdemeanor thing, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna charge it with a felony. Um, instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I was planning on doing. And I'm going to charge a negative charge um, to whatever is happening on Friday night. I do not understand how you get a 10, was it $10 billion deal with Fox? Something like that. Or $8 billion, uh, five-year, multi-billions, more than a billion dollars a year rolling into you with Fox. And you just put garbage on. You have the two marquee... Um, you have the marquee storyline character right now for all of WWE in The Fiend, who is now going to have a feud with Goldberg as The Fiend. And as we've seen before, The Fiend doesn't care about people who haven't hurt Bray before. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing there. 
Um, and you have Roman, who is still caught up in whatever this Baron Corbin line is. Yeah. And so I don't know where where any of it's going all the time. So um, as much better as Raw has gotten in the last six months, barring the Lana and Rusev storyline, the SmackDown SmackDown has I don't know have they stayed stagnant? And I'm just thinking that they've actually gotten worse because everything else has gotten better, or are they actually worse? Um, you know, you could make the argument either way. Uh I, uh, you know, earlier before we went live on this, uh, you mentioned something happening on SmackDown, and that's my opinion on it. And I said, I gotta be honest, I don't know if I watched SmackDown. And I think that is the biggest uh, condemnation I can give to uh, a WWE main show is that... I, I'm not entirely sure I watched all of them. And, and it's not that I did or I didn't. Like, there were long swaths of time that I was like, I did not watch this segment on Raw. I even said it earlier this. I did not watch the Rusev-Lana segment on Raw this week. I fast-forwarded You actually fast-forwarded a match today. Uh-huh, a match. But... Not Lana and Rusev. But I... But I... I just literally... I don't know if I watched any of... SmackDown, and that means either it made such a low uh, impact on me that it's already been shuffled out of my brain and replaced with the latest tech industry news or whatever, or that I just didn't watch it. Either of those is not good for WWE when a wrestling fan of 30 plus years didn't even care what happened on your show. Right? Yeah, the biggest the biggest pop for me on the last two SmackDowns has been Goldberg and the Fiend. How pathetic is that? Um, two weeks ago it was Goldberg and, and the Fiend call or Goldberg calling out the Fiend, um, and then this week it was Hulk Hogan telling the Fiend, "You don't know what you're going up against in Goldberg." It's the fiend, man. Nobody, none of these older guys know what they'd be going up against in Bray Wyatt, crazy guy. You know, <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I again, I, there's just nothing to invest there. Nothing to invest in there. The women's champion is the weakest women's champion we've had since Abella on SmackDown and that's that's mean and it's not nice and when she was Bailey the hugger I was all about it and man as a face it's tough it's tough to enjoy her she's just not she she comes across as this pompous boring um just generic heel just a generic cut paste heel yeah and it's, and, it's, and I got to be honest I I think there's something to be said about opponents for her um, in the fact that, you know, what makes the best heels often are the faces that they they face, right? Yeah, and, um, and they had to turn probably the best, second best, or yeah, probably the second best heel on SmackDown face to give her a decent opponent storyline than the last one. You're right. And her best friend's the other, the actual best heel. Yeah probably and, the best heel in the company right now for yeah, women maybe uh and and that's kind of the thing is that there's there's no like super great face in the women's division on smackdown to go against 
Bailey, Bailey. to bring out the best. Like, you know, we've said before how Sting is my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, but if he doesn't he have had, Ric Flair, is he that great? Well, yeah, and more, and uh, the other side of the coin, this this is gonna uh, incite. Sting, I'm gonna if Ric Flair doesn't have Sting, is he that great? Yeah, if Ric Flair didn't have Sting to as his foil, would we still be talking about Ric Flair? And this is not trying to condemn Ric Flair and say he wasn't good. He was great, but the best villains are made by the heroes they face. And the best heroes are made by the villains they face. Um, to use a comic book nerd reference, if uh, Superman didn't have Lex Luthor to face off against, I don't know if Superman would be the force in the industry that he turned into, um, oh. and vice versa. Lex yeah, Luthor. I think I think the moral argument stronger in the comic book world, for, especially for Superman and Batman. Particularly. Well, you could you could talk about that, but Lex Luthor is up there with the Joker as the most well-known villain in comic books. But if he was not going against Superman, would he be the most well-known villain in comic books? I don't think so. He'd have been Um, president. And that's kind of the thing. And he was in comics for a while. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, and I think that's where we're at with Bailey. Um, I think that's kind of where we're at with The Fiend. I mean, he's got he's got love from the fans, but he he's a he's a he's a heel character um, with love from the fans. Um, but he doesn't really have a face to go against. Roman isn't really that great a face. So when we do get to that feud, which will happen probably at WrestleMania, it's not going to be a great feud. Um, because Roman doesn't have much face. I mean, here's the deal. Roman just did back to a guy, got revenge in doing the exact same thing that somebody else did to him, that the other guy did to him. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, you're not worth it. I'm not going to cover you in dog food. And then the Usos do it. It was, I'm going to do it too, because I'm a mean guy. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I just... Who's even the SmackDown tag champs right now? Um, exactly. I should know, but I don't. Or the mid-card champion. I don't know who has has the IC title right now. Uh, I do know who has the IC title. Um, because oh, Braun. Braun. It, yeah. Yep, Braun. Belt in history of his career. And that's Braun Strowman. Um, yep. And, and don't get me wrong, I think he deserves to have a belt, but he really deserved uh, a year and a half to two years ago when he was absolutely red hot. Um, and when to he beat gets, Brock. Yeah, Brock. He should have been the one to beat Brock. That would have been a great storyline. Brock could have made him back and they could have done everything else that they had did. Mm-hmm. But you put the belt on him when he's red hot and it's a different story right now. But also, yeah, in the same token, not derailing Finn Balor's, I'm going to get, I didn't get a, sh- a shot at my title back, which they did a while back. So I just, well, I guess what I'm saying is, is, is there's not only not storyline, there's not anything to invest in. There's not even an emotional investment in individual character with the exception of The Fiend. Like, if, if SmackDown came to Nebraska, we'd probably go. Yeah. Um... But we'd go because it's SmackDown. Like, that's the strongest argument. Not because, ooh, I want to see what happens between um, anybody. <laughs> like, I can't. 
okay, Braun and Shinsuke. <laughs> you know, like, sure, I'll go with that oh. one. Be the one I'd want to see. I know why I don't have any memories of SmackDown. Go on. It was Friday, which was Valentine's. Oh, correct. And my wife asked for a wrestling-free evening. Uh, add to it, we had a sick child, so um, we really didn't like do anything entertaining. But, you know, um, you didn't miss anything. We didn't. Uh, but the only thing I do remember, because when you were mentioning stuff like that and saying, would we go because we were interested, I remembered that this is what made me remember was Valentine's Day. Otis had his Valentine's Day date with Mandy Rose. Um, so that, how are you? How do you love that storyline, but you don't like the Lana and Rusev? I don't actually love that storyline. Oh, I just okay. know. I just know. Well, I just know. Uh, Dolph Ziggler came in and cock blocked the thing, and at the very least, that means we're gonna get to see Otis bulldoze through Dolph Ziggler at some point. And so I guess that's okay. Um, but no, I don't like the storyline. I don't like it for a lot of reasons. Um, that it, it plays into the whole big dumb oaf likes pretty girl concept. Um, you know, uh, I don't have a problem with Mandy Rose, but she really, her whole character is basically, I'm pretty. And that always kind of annoys me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, welcome back, Divas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... She, I would be excited to see Sheamus. I would not ex- be excited to see Sheamus versus Shorty G. Um, oh, I guess I missed this segment. Braun Strowman saves Elias from Sami Zayn and Cesaro's protest concert. Oh, there's a reason I missed that segment. You said Sami Zayn, now I had his theme song stuck in my head. Um, oh, I guess Daniel Bryan's on there also not all that great to watch right now but that's the deal like we we'd go to it because it's wwe and if we get a chance to see wwe in our area we take it right especially if it's uh televised Um, yeah because then it's canned um but but in in contrast nxt tours even if it's just a house show you and I are getting ticket. We want to see what happened, right? Uh, sure. AEW shows up in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> we think, we I mean, think about Denver. We thought we had, we, we had a real conversation about Denver and Kansas City, and, and it was the fact that we had to work the next day, and it's snow season. That was the only reason we're not going those. And those are five-hour trips. Five, Denver's five hours from me, and Kansas City's five hours for you, um, and six hours for me, and Denver's probably six and a half for me. So, um, you know, that I wouldn't travel that far. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to Denver for Raw. Yeah, probably not. But uh, but AEW now if they were in Omaha, you you'd you drive the late night back to, to your house to to work the oh, next absolutely. Um, absolutely. For, for NXT, if it was a televised thing, definitely. If it was a house show. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, there's just... I guess I have the vacation. I, I can fly to just about any, any AEW show and be back in time for Friday. <laughs> but... Um, 
I, I don't know. I, SmackDown would be really, really tough for me to, to justify taking any time off of work for. Um, Raw would... I'd, I'd go to a Raw show. I'd go to AEW and I'd go to SmackDown. Uh, or AEW and NXT. Boy, there's just nothing on, on, on SmackDown that really has me pulled in. And the problem is, is it may be difficult to pull me back in because of it. Um, I was so jacked. John Morrison. John Morrison and The Miz. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite in-ring performers and my favorite guy on the mic. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. They're back together. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. So, that's where I'm at right now with, with SmackDown. Um, I really hope that something gets... Some type of story gets told that I want to go watch it. Um, I feel about SmackDown the way you feel about Eric Rowan versus Aleister Black tonight. Uh, and that's that sad because I like Aleister Black, but it just that match made no sense. It's, it's pointless. negligible. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. There's enough else on Raw to, to pull you in, but Raw's in Raw's still three hours. I mean, it's tough to fill three hours. Um, SmackDown's two not so hard to fill. I mean, seriously, AEW did, or uh, not AEW, NXT last night put on a pay-per-view that was shorter than some episodes of Raw have been. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was exceptional. It was great. It was phenomenal. It didn't didn't have 20-minute long promos. It didn't kick off with a 20-minute long promo with whoever coming out to the ring and then someone else interrupting them and then someone else coming out and then oh we're gonna put it as a six-man tag later on in the night yeah oh god bless anyway so um i'm gonna go ahead and i think that we can go straight to a judge on yours and say that that's a guilty guilty as charged i think they should plea guilty for keeping us on the edge of our seats um but I, somebody in the um, WBU jury, give me a reason to watch SmackDown. Yeah, that isn't that isn't named Mandy Rose, because any perv out there can come up with that. Yeah. So, anyway, well, on that note, we'll move on to misdemeanors. I'm gonna give my one misdemeanor first. That's fine. Uh, my misdemeanor is against NXT for last last night. Uh, we talked a little bit about this pre-show before we talked. Um, I I didn't feel like new stories were built, except for the Gargano thing at the end. I felt like one came to a close, which was Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, or Dijak. Um, so that one came to a close, and that was nice to have that come to a close with sportsmanship and everything. That was cool. Um don't really know where we go with the tag titles now that they didn't seem to have a whole lot of opening or closing there i think that that has to be a continued feud um how much fish could a bobby fish fish if a bobby could how much fish could a bobby fish fry if a bobby could fish could fry fish that's what it is so i feel like we need to keep that long enough for me to like matt riddle Uh, you apparently can get t-shirts with that on. That's worth it. I would actually buy that shirt. <laughs> I wonder if they're made by a pissant company. I, I would assume not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just didn't... We Because because we already knew the results to the Charlotte feud. Like It's not like Charlotte was... Remember when Asuka won the Royal Rumble and she was picking still, you know, type thing? I am still picking one. Ooh, it could be either one. We never got that with Charlotte. Um, 
we got somebody challenged her to come after their title. So we already knew where that was going, right? Yeah. Okay. So really, the only two story you you had one storyline come to a close, and you built a new storyline. Everything else was just kind of up in the air still. I don't feel like there was there was a there wasn't a whole lot of closure, and there wasn't a whole lot of oh, I have to watch. There was one I have to watch, and I really don't have to watch because I'm going to be excited for a Gargano versus uh, Champa or Champa feud, anyways. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. So that's my misdemeanor. Um, I didn't get closure or or a, or a cliffhanger. Well, my misdemeanor actually uh, moves on from uh, NXT to tonight's Raw, which I know you didn't get a chance to watch all of just uh, yet. Nope. Um, uh, work and travel and all of that stuff. Get it. Um, they had a match uh, late in the show. Um, yeah, the OC come out, which of course is AJ Styles' uh, first appearance back after being injured at Royal Rumble. Carl um, Anderson and Luke Gallows. Um, and they came out and they gave a promo and all of this stuff. And they challenged for whoever to come out. And Ricochet came out. And the match that ended up coming out of it was Ricochet versus Carl Anderson. So the misdemeanor goes to whoever decided to put Ricochet versus Carl Anderson on Raw tonight because it was two bald dudes with chin beards, arm tattoos, and black tights running around the <laughs> ring. It was so hard to follow. And don't give me I'm not saying that they look like when they're standing side by side, you can tell who they are. But when they're just running around the ring, their tights looked close enough, they're their their arm tattoos were similar enough that they were both tan enough, you know, that it was. So it if just, you're watching from the hard hard cam view, it's tough to watch. Yeah, my wife didn't know what the heck was going on. She's like, "Who's who? The heck is fighting?" And I, well, it's Ricochet and Carl Anderson. They go, "Oh, who's who?" And so that's rough, man. I mean, especially considering Ricochet has other colors of tights. Yeah, and that that's the deal. Is I mean, they could have solved it all. He could have wore his. Um, his red Nightwing, uh, uh, you know, thing that he had the other night or the other pay-per-view. Um, Carl Anderson could have wore other stuff. Um, there's a lot, or, or I don't know, put it, you know, Ricochet versus, uh, Luke Gallows. So it's this big dude, uh, fighting against fast Ricochet. Something like that, but two basically same body types. Um, both of them have the little chin beards. Both of them have arm tattoos on their right shoulder and arm. Uh, both of them had black tights. It it was a fine match, I guess, but like it was hard to invest in it at all because you didn't know who was doing most of the stuff half the time. So, so theoretically, they could do Edge versus AJ still for WrestleMania. I yeah, mean, they're theoretically, not gonna. they're not gonna, but they could still come. AJ didn't wrestle obviously tonight. He's back from his injury, but they're obviously taking things a little because, uh, you know, I want him to be healed. I don't want anything bad to happen to anyone, basically. Well, uh, but I mean, that that also opens up a four-way with, with three guys who've been in feuds already recently um, with Ricochet, AJ, and Randy, and then just throw in Edge, which actually gives more breather time to um, Edge and AJ during their recovery because mm-hmm. Ricochet can do his flifty dues on one and have an interference from Randy and then Ricochet does some more flifty dues and have interference from AJ 
you know. Yeah. Ricochet could carry that match with with those three performers. Even if they were all injured with broken ankles, Ricochet can carry that match with those three being as good as they are. Yeah. But so, well, on the note of talking about people being good, we're going to move on to commendations. Um, And I I only have a couple. Okay. Right? Uh, The first one, a big commendation to Jeff Cobb. Um, Jeff Cobb shows up, well, out of the blue. It was actually one of the first, like, big surprise signings for AEW. And I know he doesn't have a long-term contract signed with them yet, as far as I've heard. But it's still, he's advertised for a Ring of Honor show uh, next month. And he shows up at AEW as Jericho's new hired gun. Um, So, Jeff Cobb, welcome to the big leagues. Uh, your finisher, the tour of the islands, is awesome, and I really hope AEW can lock you down long term because because uh, I'm excited to see what you can do there. Um, but the the tour of the islands is just so much fun to watch. It's like like a reverse rotation power slam. So I don't know. Have you did you get a chance to watch the? I, I didn't get a chance to watch watch it yet. No. Uh so he picks the guy up, and you know, power slam usually. Like Randy Orton does a great one. Guy comes off the rope and then he just grabs him and spins spins down and slams him to the ground, right? Uh-huh. So he grabs the guy like that, but instead of just spinning down, he then rotates the other way and spins around and slams him down. So instead of his head and shoulders hitting first, it's his feet area hitting first and then just slamming down on the back. It's really cool looking for as simple of a move as it really is. Um, it sounds almost like a like a like a crossroads only power slam version. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's fully picked up. Um, it's it's just fun to watch. So cool. Um, so and then uh, commendation for AEW uh, because over the last few weeks they had two major championships change hands on Wednesday Night Dynamite. Television, yes. Um, and and that helps my make, girl Nyla Rose. That helps make Dynamite feel like must watch because you never know when a championship is gonna. You know, WWE sometimes gets into this uh, rut where it's you know okay they're gonna have a bunch of meaningless matches for four weeks and then there's gonna be a pay per view and pay per view might have something happen. Um, but then we just watch filler matches for four weeks, and then we watch another pay per view where something might happen. Ooh, um, ooh. No, that's not true because there's the 24. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I feel like that was a misdemeanor again. Anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> uh, and with this, and it's a byproduct, I think, of having uh, only four major pay per views a year for AEW, um, is that because their feuds have to build over the course of three months instead of. 30 days, um, they have to have those surprise moments on a regular. And so they did that. They had Nyla Rose win the women's champion on a Wednesday Night Dynamite. They had Hangman Page and and, uh, Kenny Omega win the tag championship on a Wednesday Night Dynamite. Great match, Uh by the way. Yeah. And (laughs) and so going into this Wednesday, uh, they announced matches, and there's not a single time that I look at the matches announced and I go, oh yeah, I already know who's going to win that. <laughs> Up in the air for things to happen. So Yeah, for Nyla Rose to beat Rio. 
Yeah, Which Rio's held the title since it started, so yeah. and that's yeah, the I deal. Would... Now, it's still uh, they haven't had a DQ finish yet. Uh, we talked about that on the last FBI, but but they've come fairly close. So, and then my final commendation just goes to everyone involved with NXT Takeover Portland. I know we talked about it a ton before, um, so I don't, I'm not going to spend a ton of time. But it was a phenomenal job from start to finish. Uh, commentary was on point. Uh, even the kickoff show was decent. I mean, it was Sam Roberts and I mean, whatever. Um, uh, and then every match, I I don't I don't remember a single what I would call botch out of any of the matches. Now, that's not saying there weren't mistakes that were made, but they were made in a way that it wasn't obvious to to, to me. And and that says a lot about the production in general. So. Yeah. yeah, I think as a whole, um, I would agree with all of those. Um, the one commendation I have, um, I've, I've been a little hard on this person. Brock, way to be there, man. Yeah. Week in, week out, you've been there this year. And that says something. Um, you also put on the the most grueling event so far. Um, I'm not saying that it was difficult, but basically he ran a gauntlet for 14 people, um, and that's that's something to be said. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who said, "Why is he sweating so much?" Because there's nine million degrees of lights, and um, he's still fighting and he's still moving, and he did warm-ups beforehand so that he wouldn't get injured. And yeah, again, I'm gonna say Brock. Thank you for finally being there. It does mean something to the fans, and I'll be—I I don't know if I'm the first to say it, but um, you know, I know that you've said it a little bit behind the scenes. Um, thanks for being there, man. You've actually been there, and that says something. And then, so. um, on that note, we will probably wrap this up for uh, this particular week. Um, as always, uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the show on whatever podcast platform you use make sure to click that subscribe button so that you get these uh right in your little uh playlist every time we upload one um uh, share it on social media share it on twitter facebook whatever even text it to your friends say hey you gotta listen to this um you can always follow me on twitter at raw and order wbu and you can follow da fabe at da vincent k fabe but it's really not much of a follow. Just message me or something there. Yeah. I don't use it as much as, as uh, the police department does. So <laughs> You can also uh, head to our Wix site. Uh, just launched it, so um, it's developing. But I'm trying to put up blog posts there. We got Justin contributing blog posts occasionally. Uh, maybe eventually DFA will write some uh, <laughs> when his workload gets a little bit lighter. Um but so you can always find that um, in the show notes or the pinned tweet on my Twitter. So you can go there. Um, there's also even a Wix app that you can download through the same link uh, on the Twitter or um, uh, the show notes here um, that allows you to communicate directly with us uh, right from your mobile phone. Um, you can send us messages. We can chat back and forth. You can read the blog, all of that stuff right there on your phone without having to go through a web browser. It's really cool. So do that. Um, uh, go to Apple, 
podcast and give us a five-star review. I don't care if you actually use Apple Podcasts. Sign up for an account and give us a review uh, because it really does help get us higher on the recommendation engine so other people can listen to us. Um, and then, you know, we have uh, anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU as our host. You can go there and you can click support and you can send us a little bit of money to help us buy new equipment, um, uh, outsource maybe some of the production to take a little bit off of my plate, things like that. Uh, but um, I think we'll just close the book on the wrestling booking unit uh, today. So thanks for listening, and we will see you soon with a visit from the FBI. Mm-hmm.